I can get weird. We can just get weird. Let's put that list. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Butterscotch. <laughs> The official podcast <laughs> of Butterscotch Shenanigans. We are a three-brother video game studio. I'm Seth. I'm Adam. And I'm Sam. You can find our games over at games.bscotch.net. We also have a great community at uh, forums.bscotch.net. So head over there and show us some love. And uh, all of our questions and, and a lot of our content for the podcast comes from uh, podcast.bscotch.net. So if you want to get involved in, in this little dance party, you know, head on over there and, and shake your pelvis around. And we'll see what happens. This show is not for anyone under the age of uh, young if you're young stop listening we established a while yeah. ago that seth needs to complete his sentences otherwise they end up having <laughs> the inverse meaning we want yeah yeah sentence completion has always been a problem of mine but we, we were speak we were talking earlier about the fact that we have a a family tradition of interrupting each other. Sorry, what were you saying? I had it's an idea. So, so, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I maybe wonder if, you know, maybe I've grown out of the habit of finishing my own sentences because I just don't need to. Right. Most of the time. <laughs> Probably Passive aggression. All right. Okay. So what's been happening? Sam, Sam tried something. It works. Interesting. It works. So What works? What are you talking about? Well, okay. So, you know, we're pushing up on this crash lens uh, internal or uh, actual beta deadline that is actual beta it's it's different than a than a fake than an imaginary beta which Um, is what we did a couple a couple months back i think and we're pushing up on this on this internal fake deadline that we established for some reason in october and so we're trying to you know get all the get all the work done and there's a few things left on on my plate in particular which is finishing all the bosses and then finishing all the story stuff for the bog and the tundra those are the second and third biomes yes. in the game. And also so, the second and third chapters or acts. Yeah. Or whatever. And so I thought, you know, I need I need to be able to put in like a day and a half a day, but also not <laughs> crazy. It's like, this that's is, impossible. This is classic Sam <laughs> math. So I need to get two days per day. So in. what I started doing last Wednesday, and it worked really well for three days, which I think is an accomplishment. Um, is that I'd wake up at five or six in the morning and then basically get a full work day in by noon. Yeah. Full uh, day, work day of six hours, which as we all know is actually is a actually work day. full work day. Um, cause the last two hours, nobody gets shit done. Exactly. So once my brain started turning off, which is always about around hour six, I would take lunch and then take a nap for an hour, wake up, work again for another three or four hours and then take another break and eat dinner. And then go to a cafe and work again for another three or four hours, finishing work around 10. And what this allowed me to do was basically get a day and a half in every day of work, which means that over the course of a seven-day work week... Uh, you get 14 days of work in. Exactly. Which is two weeks worth of work. Which Holy is actually... But you only did it for three days. Well, well no. I did happened? it over the weekend. So I did it over the weekend. Okay. I was just like slowly getting more and more time. So I guess I did it from Wednesday to Sunday. When, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. And I did like I did a good job. Uh, Sunday went furniture shopping with the lady. Uh, got super tired during that, so you know came back home went to bed. I mean, to be fair, you still don't have that much blood. I also am yes. I also am recovering from a stem cell transplant. This I mean, there that that is true. That is a thing that's happening. That is a true fact. But uh, so what happened yesterday is I woke up and I couldn't, I couldn't feel awake. If that makes sense, I drank a lot of coffee. Didn't, wasn't, just nothing was, 
I just didn't feel like I Did had. Did you say you drank thing. a noggin and nothing happened? Yeah, drinking, which never happens. You just drank it and you were just like, all right. <laughs> might as well have been milk. Chugged, yeah, I chugged a noggin and nothing happened, and I just couldn't get out of this this weird funk. I can't remember if it was you or I can't someone suggested they're like, maybe it's because you just worked, you know, twelve hours a day for five, for five days. days. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you well, so take a rest. Yeah. This is this is a this is an interesting lesson that sam keeps being determined to forget <laughs> is that you just you know your time brain, is precious we're all gonna die time is precious but uh here's the thing your brain runs out yeah it has like a finite amount of juice well that's it just it just runs out but that's where the regularly scheduled naps come in yeah i mean also every sugar cookies in yeah i mean an hour nap isn't enough to isn't enough to refill your brain juice you know, oh, what i mean as I you mean, work through your day the juice is just leaking out but of the your cra- body. the crazy thing about it was that that 1 hour nap that i was taking in, in the afternoon somehow was making it so so Adam and Seth both have a really hard time falling asleep true fact they can't get their brains to shut up and i've always made fun of them for this but i think part of it is part of it's doing programming yeah, programming for some reason makes your brain just gets high and it can't it, shut up. Programming fills you, the subconscious part of your brain with all kinds of logic yes. problems, and your brain is is just starts churning on them exactly. all the time. And so, a and lot then of the solutions stuff, pop up in your head while you're trying to fall asleep. A lot of the stuff I've been doing has been story work, but that is actually because of the creator tool. It's actually sort of a, a high, very high level form of programming. Mm-hmm. It is programming. Yeah. It is programming. And so. Even though I was taking this, I was taking this hour nap, which seemed like very little time to me. But I'd wake up, felt great, able to get work done. But then I couldn't go to bed. Was actually what happened. Now so you I, know. I'd lay in bed at ten <laughs> after working for twelve hours and like having a full day starting at five, and I couldn't go to bed until like one. Yeah. It was infuriating. Yeah. Now that's yeah, well, welcome day to our lives. My life. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. It's welcome hell- to the life of program. It's hellacious. The way the way that I do it is I feel like shit most of the time. <laughs> It's a it's a bold strategy. Bold yeah. strategy, Cotton. Let's we'll see, see if it pays off. See if that pays. Off. It doesn't pay off. It does Anyways, not. Uh, so I'm gonna have my another double day today. I'll be going to the. I don't learn lessons. So I'm <laughs> well, this this reminds me it of worked, Sam's I Uberman it so much. Uberman experience, which I think we talked about in a earlier podcast, yeah. where Sam attempted to, to not sleep. Basically, in summary, he attempted to sleep for two hours a day yeah. in twenty minute nap chunks. It sounds every four hours. Really dumb. It does. But it but it And was. it was. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't die or anything. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess it was a good idea. So if if anybody hasn't noticed, I've had I've had a mild obsession with uh time usage even way before I was almost killed by cancer. Yeah. So it's probably worse now. I've noticed, it though. It was better after the cancer stuff until, like, just a few days ago. Well, yeah, it's because I got, I got back to... <laughs> got back out of the hospital. Well, yeah, yeah and I think I'm, now you're like, now that now I'm totally done with treatment. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, I guess I better stop back to the old just ways. trying to enjoy my life. I think, though, no, I mean, I think, I think maybe it's a... This is a weird thing, but I think it's partially a symptom of being young. So Sam's the youngest yeah. by a few years. He's the symptom of the disease we call youth. But I, I remember in my early 20s, I felt like, man, I have so many things I have to do and I just have no fucking time. Yeah. And I was just going and going and going. But now that I'm, you know, in my late 20s, nearing 30. Life is a babbling brook. Yeah, I'm like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I've done enough things. 
I'm done doing things now. I, I've embraced the fact that there are way more things that I want to do and you know, experience than are just possible in a lifetime. Now I'm just like, well, I'm just gonna just gonna keep doing the stuff that I that needs to get done, and at some point that stuff will be done, and then I'll do the next thing, and that's just how life is, basically. I've embraced yeah. that in the sense that I'm holding on to in the it sense that you're battling it every day. <laughs> yeah, you've embraced it in a death. I'm pretty sure that means you're battling it. Battle is a form of embrace. Yeah. So anyway, so we so we've been we've been busting our humps. If if you haven't picked up on that, practically uh, a camel at this point. Sam's got a sixteen or camel. thirty humps. Going. It's actually a leprosy. Uh, he's covered in. Boils. I do have a rash. In <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he's got a giant rash. Is that That's is what... that ba- Is it still there? Or is it going away? Uh, it's it's back. pretty much gone away. <laughs> it's back. It's back. <laughs> nice. It's back uh, rash. It's pretty bad. much gone away. I didn't have to put anything on it last night. Just went to bed. Nice. Don't even give a shit anymore. Uh, yeah. So then, otherwise, we got some. We got some terrible news about uh, our iOS games. Yep. Which, for the record, we thought we thought we thought we were all clear. But here's yeah. what's happening. Uh, iOS nine is coming out on soon. Well, it, it's Tomorrow? already rolling out, it's sort it. of slowly. Oh shit! Yeah. It's rolling out. It's slurbing its way across the mm-hmm. nation <laughs> and uh, the world. So I was like, oh, well, I better make sure that our games are working on iOS 9, because in the past, our experience tells us that new versions of iOS make our games break. So I booted up our games on my my handy-dandy iPod 5, and everything ran smooth as butter. Which we were all rejoicing, because... We were all like, this is impossible. Because this means yeah. that Seth doesn't have to take time off from Crashlands to fix all the iTunes yeah. stuff. Uh, and so we were like, yay! That's it was very Wookiee-like. <laughs> so we did that, and then uh, then we moved on. And we started working on Crashlands, and then we got a report from somebody <gasps> saying, hey guys, I just updated to iOS 9. On a, It was an iPhone 5S. Which apparently is different from an iPod 5. Because, Somehow. Because the game crashes... When on boot up, unless it's booted up with the phone held horizontally with the the home button on the right. Yeah, and then I I was meeting up with some friends who one of whom had an iPhone 6s, and I was like, well, I'm gonna boot it up and see if it's the same thing here. And it didn't work that orientation either. But I tried all four orientations, and that one actually lets you boot it upside down vertically. So you just take your phone, open the, flop rocket, turn it upside down. But there's yet another iPads don't boot in any orientation. iPads don't boot at all. But once you boot it up upside down, you can then rotate the phone. Yeah, then right? it works then fine. It, then it plays. <laughs> so, so I think the S stands for sometimes. This isn't going to work. Right? <laughs> sometimes. Um, but yeah, so that means if you if you are currently on an iDevice and are not yet on iOS nine, everything's going to work fine. If you're updating to iOS nine, be aware that either the game won't work or you're going to need to try all four orientations to boot. Any of our games. We aren't saying we aren't saying don't update to iOS nine because Apple wouldn't like us to say that. Probably but just just be thoughtful about your life decisions. Just yeah. just be aware of what's going to happen. <laughs> and we will be we will be fixing oh, yeah. it. But that leads to yeah, this leads to the next problem, the most comical problem. So, so so we use Game Maker Studio to make our games. Wait, can I just say there's that rule of bad things coming in threes. You know? What's the th- oh shit, what's I the third know, one? But I just want to put it Okay, there. so this is the second thing. So so we figured out this iOS 9 thing, and we were like, ah, damn it. So I started looking into what I needed to do to get our games working. Turns out what I need to do is update Game Maker to the latest version. Easy, right? No problem. Do it all the time. 
So I, I download it, I install it, and it's not working. And I'm like, huh, I've had this problem before. Maybe all I need to do is go into my installation directory, clear out everything, all my old files, do a fresh install. So I do, and my license information is lost. Which is pretty normal, right? Just gotta yeah, just gotta re-register. Yeah. Just gotta re-register my copy. No problem. So I re-register my copy and nothing happens. I'm like, oh that's odd. Maybe I maybe they changed their licensing or something. I go to their website, put in my email email address, say, Hey, send me a new license. Nothing shows up. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, well this is odd. So I can do it some more. Turns out uh, Game Maker has a big sale going on. Game Maker Studio is in the Humble Bundle right now for $12 for Studio, which is $150 normally, plus the Android module, which is $300 normally. It's $500 so, down to 12 yeah. yeah. So you're getting like a, so it's like a 98% discount. Which is ridiculous. So, so now people who have been like, eh, maybe I want to do it, but eh, now they're just like, oh yeah, and they're just like diving on this thing like, like vultures on a corpse. Mm-hmm. This has basically resulted in a DDoS style attack on Yo-Yo Games, this game maker company, uh, on their server, and nobody can register their copies of Game Maker. Yeah, which means we can't patch for iOS nine until <laughs> the shitstorm subsides from their humble sale. And it's still going on. Well, it, well, not only that, but yeah, it's a week-long sale, but then because, I mean, it's not working for anybody. So they're going to have this huge backlog of people to push through it. And so it's going to be another probably half week or something on top of that. Yeah, but we have no idea. Maybe that third item was the fact that the news update they put up yesterday basically said their di- the structure of their database was such that they actually could not handle the influx of people. I mean, well, that's what they admitted. They, have a, they had a blog post up explaining the problem. And the problem was literally... Uh, whoever designed our database years ago did a terrible job. We actually kind of knew this because we'd had some a little bit of trouble in the past, but it was never a big deal. Yeah, I mean, when you're selling a product for $150... Yeah, and then know. somehow we didn't expect, even though we were basically giving this thing away for free. And it's not, it's not just that they're giving you Game Maker Studio and the Android uh, porting module for 12 bucks. They also are giving you a whole bunch of indie games that were made in Game Maker and the source, um, code. And the source code. Many of which come with source code, so you could actually we use were, it as a way to learn it. We were asked to be in that, by the way. Yeah, that's true. But we and said we no, said, nope, <laughs> because all of our B Scotch ID proprietary stuff is in there, and it would make it very easy to hack us if we <laughs> if yeah. we put that out there. Yeah. So, but somehow they didn't they didn't expect the. Volume. Just the sheer volume that, that they ended up getting, which is funny to, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't expect that that's the volume they would get. Or, or I guess, or whoever was in charge of making that happen wasn't aware of the fact that their database was poorly designed. So anyway, the issue now is that we're stuck. And for them, while, they're, while their database is live, apparently they haven't found a way to just, you know, fix it on the fly. Yeah. And I mean, we know we know from from firsthand experience that if you make a mistake like that on a live online component of something, uh, it is not fun or easy no. to fix. It's hard it. to fix. But on the other hand, we haven't had something yet crash this hard because for them, it's it's literally disabled. Like it doesn't. Right. It's not serving any purpose. So they might as well yeah. take it offline for just like a couple of days and fix it. You and know, redo it and redo it because it's it literally serves no purpose right now. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's out of our control. So that's where we are. We so we have to wait until we can get get patched up. Um, so 
bad timing all around, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Uh, but we do it's have something, something else really cool coming up. Yeah. Which is in no way like a DDoS So this is the combo breaker that breaks the rule of threes. Uh, and this is the St. Louis <laughs> Scatter Jam, which, for those of you who aren't familiar, we are super into game jams. That's how our studio was formed. It's pretty much how we make all of our new games and ideas. Sam, what is a game jam? And a game jam is essentially a 48-hour uh, game-building event where you get a theme on Friday, and then you have to deliver a demoable game by Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Um, and you do this in front of a crowd, too. So it's not just like, oh, I'm in my cave. Um, you show up and you sort of give this little presentation for two minutes on the terrible, terrible thing that you made over the course of two minutes. <laughs> um, on the mutant, the hideous mutated beast you made. But it's an extremely empowering thing. And it's actually it's how uh, Seth and I got started and then um, how we find most of our game ideas. And with Adam, we made Narwhal online for the last uh, St. Louis Scatter Jam, for example. So that's coming up. That's uh, the October, was it 7th? 9th. October uh, 9th. 9th. October 9th weekend. So two and, weeks from this Friday. And it'll be at the St. Louis Zoo, which is awesome. So it went really well yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Last year, we had 144 people, I believe. Uh, 35 teams made it all the way uh, through. and Which means 35 games came out of that weekend. Yeah, so we're anticipating this one to be even bigger. And the zoo was super excited. I mean, everybody wanted a, a piece of it, apparently. Um this year, so the zoo will be putting it on. So if you're actually if you're within like a, you know, like a three to six hour sort of travel range, or just less than six, or just less than six, uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, if, if you're within an hour, or or are further away and feel like going, yeah, yeah. Um, just just come. You can you can gather a, you can gather a team together. All you really need is a programmer and someone who can claim to do art. I say that because that's how we go. Yeah, but you got two weeks to pick up a a free copy of Inkscape. And And also, you can get Game Maker, apparently, for like five bucks. Well, no, you can't. (laughs) You should still go buy Game Maker right now if you think that at all you want to do it. Because eventually, I mean, it's cheap as dirt. Like, it's okay if you have to wait for a week to actually get it, you know. It's not going to hurt you any. But if you do get it before then, then yeah, you'll have a week or so to prepare. Yeah, and Game Maker has a ton of tutorials in it as well, so you can just... Pop into those and uh, play around with it, and they teach you everything you need to know. And so. the cool thing is, Seth will actually Seth will be there. We'll be making a game for it. Um, I won't be there because I'm not allowed to basically go out in public because of how yeah. hideous I've become from the stem cell transplant. Yeah, and I won't be there because I'll still be in Dallas. But Seth will be repping the B-Scotch pretty hard. That's so. right. Yeah, and so, I mean, we didn't we didn't know this in advance, but apparently the stem cell transplant turns you into Quasimodo. Yeah. But I have a hunchback, which happens to be covered in an itchy rash. It's an itchy, rashy, humpy back. <laughs> uh, <it's laughs> actually That's what away. I'm trying to work off with my double day strategy. Yeah. You know, so, bust that hump. To bust but with right a good, off. I mean, with a good dietary regimen of like spinach smoothies and stuff, uh, you'll, you'll be able to, he'll, he'll be reverted back to his normal self. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that, so that's all. You know, there's a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Although we should probably mention some practical details of that thing. So one of them is that you can go learn about it at stlscatterjam.com. That's right. Yes. And the other one is that it's called a scatter jam because unlike a lot of game jams, you don't stay in the same place for that 48-hour period. Uh, you'll show up at the beginning and you'll meet with your group and there'll be like a probably a performance of some sort and people will talk about the details of the thing. Well, actually, I think Fat Bard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we yeah, Fatbar did it last time. I think he's doing it this time, right? Yeah. So the guy, yes. the, the the 
there's a couple guys who do all of our uh, sound effects and our music for Crashlands. And they will be there playing music at the Scatter Jam. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can meet meet the music. Live music. Last year they actually played the Crashlands theme they song played the, on which, guitar. Which of course awesome. is cool, but nobody knows it. Everyone's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is Zelda. This is the problem with, with you know promoting an unreleased game. But nobody, yeah. nobody knows. Um, but yeah, so if you're going to go to it, you're going to need to find a place to stay. Airbnb yeah, is amazing. Period. Yeah, use Airbnb. Um, it's, uh, otherwise, it's not like a big event weekend or anything otherwise, mm-hmm. so hotels should be not too bad. Um, and, yeah, and the event is free, yeah. too. So all you need to do is just cover a place to stay and food. Is there no registration cost? Nope. Nope, no registration yeah. cost. Never is. None of the all the St. Louis game jam-based things are all free. Yeah, and we, we were talking about this earlier, that it would be really cool if we could, you know, sort of, try to boost up the St. Louis game jams a little bit by broadcasting to all of our players and fans like, Hey guys, come, come take part in these, you know, it'd be really cool. Uh, so we want, we want the butterscotch community to be repped at these things. Yep. So grab a buddy Rep and it. show up. Make some games. Grab a buddy, grab some Red Bulls and noggins and booze and have Jaeger bombs and make some games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So that's all of our, all of our general news. Uh, what's happening with Crashlands? What is happening with uh, Crashlands? Well, so in order to get this fat baby out the door. It's um, so fat. We're doing a cesarean. We have. Yeah, it's the only way. We have basically one thing that we've changed about launch. Which, by the way, we were all fat babies. We, were we had to be. Babies. We had to be delivered that <laughs> That's way. That's true. Poor mom had basically had a zipper installed. Good <laughs> She definitely God. should have. Yeah. It was a lot easier. Yeah, we <sighs> would have made, yeah. Um. But the the Crashlands creator, which is the sort of modding tool that we built, uh, really the design tool that we built, the back end that allows us to do all the story building and stuff, um, we were actually going to be adding that into uh, general public availability post-game launch. And the reason for that is that that'll allow us to, if we don't have to worry about that up front, um, that'll allow us to get the game out the door much faster on the order of like four to six weeks. Yeah, so so the thing works perfectly fine. It's just not it's uh, ugly. It's not user it's friendly. ugly, and it's not user friendly, which are two things that are unacceptable for for making public. Uh, and and so what that means is just that we, in order to release it, it needs to look nice, but it's going to take a few weeks to make it look nice. And there's too much other stuff to do to actually get the game done first. So our option would basically be to get the game done and then finish that and then launch everything, or get the game done and launch it and then finish that and add it in a patch. Yeah. And that'll also allow us to, um, if there's any cool content, things we think of in the meantime, or whatever else to, to kind of bundle those together for a cool. Yeah. yeah. And it gives us plenty of time to basically beta the game by itself and then beta and the then creator. beta the creator. So, so those of you who really are pumped about the creator and want to get in on it, you'll be able to, yeah. uh, pre creator patch. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably, testing, uh, so. yeah, we don't know any details yet, but uh, unlike the the beta for Crashlands, which would be very closed and relatively small, the beta for the creator will probably just be you know increasing in size, and and people who want to get involved and can find the link probably will, will be able to jump in because mm-hmm. um, a lot of what we're, a lot of the issues that we need to work out are things like uh, how well the server can handle that kind of load, so we'll want to you know slowly bring people in and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so if you're really into that idea, you probably will be able to get into it when the game launches anyway. Yeah. 
Uh, but it just won't be publicly available. Yeah. So the cool thing about this is then Adam has gotten to become an enhancement shaman. And the, yeah. the enhancement shaman role is is essentially one one in which you become the thing that allows everybody else to be extremely awesome by being extremely awesome yourself. Uh, to, you accelerate everyone's workflow. Yeah. That's and right. so, as I said, the, the biggest problem, uh, the biggest potential bottleneck that we're coming up against is the fact that there's so much story to do. And I also have to do the bosses. Previously, I was doing the story as well. And so if if I'm able to offload a good chunk of that onto Adam while these bosses get finished up, um, then we will slick in the path to victory. So if the story goes from the beginning to a very lighthearted tone to an extremely morbid one, you can blame Because <laughs> uh, he's the one well, who took it. You won't know which that, one it is, though. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who took it that direction. Um, yeah. But so once uh, once I finish up the bosses, then I'll be hopping back on the story train to do uh, either depending on where where we're at with Adam's work over the past uh, couple days and the next couple days. So that's super cool because that'll essentially that bumps up our timeline again by uh, something like days, maybe even weeks. So yeah, awesome job. But Adam. again, I mean, it all, and we also have this this iOS thing. Once we can patch that, then we're gonna lose some time. And but anyway, uh, we're we're yeah. moving. And our to-do lists are tiny, really they small, small. And and all of the patch notes, all those three hundred patch notes, have been uh, taken care of. Yep. Yeah, which is nuts. And the Savannah is one hundred percent complete. Yeah. And the only thing yep. left for the for the bog of the tundra is these last quests mm-hmm. and boss and the boss side. So boss. Can I just say how weird it was? So this is one of my cafe nights. I was over at Kayaks on the corner of Forest Park and Skinker Boulevard eating a cookie, and I finished the last story. <laughs> You're just standing on the corner? Uh, yeah, I was just outside eating the cookie. <laughs> uh, just doing his daily afternoon cookie corner eat. Finished the last story for the Savannah, like the rewrite, uh, based on, on the notes that we'd taken. And then it was done. And then I was like... Huh. I just had this moment where I was like, <laughs> oh, sh- like the Savannah is actually done. There's nothing... Yeah, to do. Yeah, but it's weird though because it's such a it's such an insane culmination of a million tiny little things that like you you can't really it you can't really sort of I don't know you can't compare it to some like huge monumental achievement because it doesn't feel yeah. like one. There's no it's like, it's like cheering. There's like no... what you did to finish the savannah was you made a quest. Yeah, you f- you finished. It just put in the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, you know? I clicked, it's like I just clicked the update. Yeah, button. It, it happened to be the like two hundredth quest. Yeah, but it was well, just. That, a, I mean, that's the thing is is this game is literally a million components of you know little pieces of code, images, pixel, you know what? Like it's just a jillion things that all had to be done by us at some point. And so if you like, it's basically the equivalent of having literally a million piece jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, right. And I mean, when you put the last piece in, it's like, no more really, difficult than putting in the third, three hundred to thirty seventh. Yeah, piece, you know? and it's almost nothing has changed, but now it's all of a sudden actually done. Right. You know, which is yeah. So we're going to be hitting that. We're going to be hitting that point with the remaining two biomes pretty soon. And I already have the first boss. Uh, the first boss is amazing. Seth was so excited. About I it. don't like, know. I think this is the best thing you've ever made. I don't know how Should I'm going to program it, is. it. I would agree. I, no, <laughs> yeah, we, should, we be... shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. But okay, but uh, it looks really cool. I haven't even figured out what the story is yet, but it's going to be a gross. Yeah, story. yeah, because every every 
uh, <laughs> side boss has its own quest chain associated with it for you to go and and like summon it or find it or whatever. So so we're we're coming up with these cool or I shouldn't say we Sam and Adam are coming up with these cool side stories yep. to get you there. Um, so each boss has its own like reason for existing and. It'll be fun. Cool so today I'm finishing his uh, his attack animations and stuff, and then start on the next one. Yeah, and this is this cool. boss is easily going to be one of the most complicated fights I have ever programmed. It's this a- boss is going to be way more complicated than than Hugo Duco, yeah. who is the main villain yeah. actually, because he's just a floaty. He's head. just floaty head, and he's got all kinds of minions that he summons. But this boss is like all kinds of crazy moving parts. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's uh, hit some questions. Yes, please. Sure. Okay. So, again, these questions are submitted by our players through podcast.bscotch.net. And they you can also vote for questions. So, if you want to push a question toward the top to make it more likely that we will uh, see it or get to it, then feel free to hop in there and vote for stuff. But you do need to be logged in to your mm-hmm. bscotch ID uh, in order to vote. And there are no well, down Oh, yeah, to vote. True. Because, come you on. You can ask a question anonymously, but that... There's just no reason to do that. Yeah, don't be ridiculous. This is yeah. the internet. You're already anonymous. So, uh, all right. So our first question, Bragbirch66 asks, who out of all of you is the hardest worker and who is the slacker of the group? Mm. <laughs> I usually try to take uh, the slacker. Well, like... Sam does a weird combination of, like... I think... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, Sam does the weirdest combination. Sam of like, will work the most, but he'll also be the laziest about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be like, I put in a 33 hour work day today. And I'll be like, do you think you could thicken up the lines on this? No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's done. I'm not going back and I have redoing very, that for eight minutes. I have a very strong he is forward looking <laughs> bias to my life. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't, I should say it's laziness. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just—it's it's a very. It's just—it's just pushing. It's pushing forward. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Uh, yeah, I have a future bias. I I think I probably have a, a tendency nowadays to work the least. I try really? to get in. Yeah, I try to. I mean, I try to get in gym time and and game time, and you know, I I try to do like a a good uh, like nine to five work day. And try to move away from it. Yeah, I, I think I just kind of get worked up when there's like a. Sam, we're close, and when Sam gets a really involved. stressed out about deadlines. Yeah, I tend to just be evenly not too stressed. <laughs> yeah, um, deadlines don't bother me because I'm just like, we're not going to hit it anyway. That's the great thing about working, and at some point, the great thing about being your own boss is you get to disappoint yourself endlessly. You, <laughs> just, you never get to meet your own expectations. Uh, yeah, but I think yeah, it turns out that predicting when things will be done. Well, it's the funny part, right? Is is we we never slack off with working on Crashlands. Like we, it's just never happened. The only time we've come close is when Sam was in the middle of treatments, and Seth and I were just like, we need to do something else. Is we need to. Well, that's when, that's when you guys were getting moment to moment text updates of how I was near death. Which yeah, I exactly. Think probably so, just a little bit distracting. So right. you're, you're excused. Yeah, it was really inconvenient that you were almost dying. It made me sort <laughs> it of slowed down our workflow. Well, from what from what I heard about this story, uh, our mom, who's in the room with me, uh, was sending text updates to Adam and Seth about how I was basically, you know, dying. And yeah, yeah, she was just like, "Sam's fever is now one million, and uh, he he just looks like a he looks red like potato. the sun. He has become." 
He's so hot that he's formed a solar system. Also, around. he just like vomited, but she didn't like she didn't ever de-escalate it. And then, yeah, like, no, the what, next no, task... it was it was worse than that. She it, the text updates got worse and worse and worse every twenty minutes for about three hours. We were hitting, <laughs> right. and then suddenly silence, silence, and we were like, what? And it was six hours where we just nothing. <laughs> and, and I called nothing, called uh, Sam's fiance nothing. Turns out Sam was nearing death and they were like, let's go look at some houses. And so they just <laughs> right. started driving around town and turned off their phones and they were just like looking at houses. Which would have, you know, it would have been fine, but, but nobody what, knew. But what we didn't was know, actually fine. what we didn't know was that Sam, like he was, he was getting worse and worse. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay. And then he started coming back down and everything was fine. And they're like, okay, let's go now. Everything's fine. Let's just go around the town. But they didn't update anybody that this was. Okay. Well, but not only that, the the like being near death thing was actually like exactly what was expected to happen. So right. while it's still worrisome and people have to manage it very carefully, and actually nobody was like this hospital staff and stuff weren't really worried that that was actually going to be the end, right? They were just like, well, this is the part where you're almost dead, right? right. That's just part of the process. And so, so all the updates we were getting about how dire the situation was were basically just saying, we're exactly on track. Yeah. This is just how this works, you know. But the, yeah, the, the problem was the radio silence after the most critical yeah. update. So, well, it's just funny too because <laughs> our mom has a habit of uh, when she wants, when she's like, when it's time for her to give us an update, like she feels like it's time, then she will call repeatedly until we answer. <laughs> Which seems like a big emergency. Yeah. And so, so this has happened time and time again during all these treatments where all of a sudden I would get like five phone calls back to back and I'd be like, oh, fuck, something really bad has happened. And I pick it up and she's like, hey, how's it going? I just wanted to let you know that Sam's fine and the treatments are fine. Everything's great. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> people use the phone differently now than they used to, right? They like you don't, do. you don't call someone twice in a row unless your legs have just been eaten yeah. off. Actually, I don't think I've left a voicemail in probably five years. Yeah, I have. Oh, yeah, I haven't. And I don't think I've listened to one in five years. <laughs> I get them because my phone is like, you have a voicemail. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> deleted <laughs> anyway uh okay yeah so anyway i guess i, I guess we all just kind of work differently yeah is the, is the answer to that question we all have we all have our sort of days or or even weeks of what you would call slacking but they they tend to be extremely uh externally based probably yeah, we, it's stuff. mostly it's mostly avoiding burnout i mean even when it's not like even when there's not something really dramatic externally going on every once in a while because uh, I tend to just kind of do a, I do as kind of a slow burn work where I basically I just wake up and I start working and then roughly until a little bit after my wife gets home or I go to sleep and I just do that most days and then every once in a while I'm just like fuck this and I need three days and I just like am radio silent and I don't do any work <laughs> and just like watch TV and play video games because like my mind is just done yeah. with that and, I, and it, you know the nice thing about our setup is like we all respect that everybody works differently yeah. And so it's not like, fuck you, you need to be chained to your desk. You know, it's like you're you're yeah. getting stuff done the best you can and, and people get burned out sometimes. People need breaks sometimes. And well, it's like when Seth was talking about uh, when Seth was scheduling his Colorado trip and for the beginning of September that he just got back from. And he's like, oh, man, that's going to be like right around something. I know it's going to be either close to beta or launch. And Adam and I were like. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned out to be not better, even so exactly. Just so, long story short, don't be chained. Don't let your bosses chain you to 
to the work because even if your boss is yeah well i I do i do think it's i mean i i understand that in a general work environment i understand that you know there's a i think it's my there's a desire to to standardize things right like to treat everybody the same so you say everybody comes in at eight o'clock everybody leaves at five Mm -hmm. monday through friday that's the those are the work times those are the work days no i don't think it's even that though i think it's because uh, you're on average, an employer does not trust an employee to actually work. Yeah, correct. And so the only way that you can, so then you have to force the issue by, by you know, panopticoning it, right? So yeah. it's like, I can see you. Uh, I know if, you. if I can see you, you must be working. Yeah, right? but the problem with this bizarre setup is that because you actually can't see everybody working, uh, yeah. the, the metric just comes down to time. Like you ever you ever hear this this bullshit thing where somebody would be like, "Oh man, she comes in. She's always the first one there in the morning, and she's always the last one to leave. She's such a hard worker." Like, what do those two statements have to do with each other <laughs> right. at all? All it means is she doesn't have anything going on. Like she's not busy. She's not going to the gym. She's not. She's not nurturing her soul, you know, with books. But I guess you know maybe that's. Well, she could also be doing all of those. Things. She's probably just yeah. She's sitting in her cube playing solitaire and Minecraft and shit. <laughs> so well, I mean, I think or she might be the hardest worker. Like, but, but the you point don't is they're, know. They're, they're just just because she's there doesn't mean she's doing anything. Well, the other point though is that all the most of the the research on you know corporate corporate psych, which is really interesting and weird, is that uh, people just don't really work more than about six hours a day. And I mean that in a sort of a. I thought limited... it was more like two. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the average corporate employee puts in two hours of work a day. Mm. But as far as like your brain is concerned, if you get six hours of like pure thinking, then and your work brain done, runs out. Yeah, your brain basically runs out. Um, Run out of brain. Is, which is where the naps. And, and then stuff if you go try to play League of Legends, you just lose six games. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so this okay. is actually this is actually Can we the... talk about this. Okay, hold on. I have to say something. What? Because I've noticed this too. This is actually a big problem with having gaming as a hobby. Is when you're exhausted, you can't enjoy it because you suck and you just lose all the time. Okay, right. Well, I mean, like you because you have to put you have to put mental energy into doing it. So if you come, if you have any, like a shitty day, and you're like, I'm gonna unwind with some competitive multiplayer games. <laughs> it's just not gonna pan out for you at all. Okay, well here's the backstory to this. So yesterday I woke up and. Tried to work for about an hour and a half. Wasn't happening. I just felt tired. Because of your... Probably because of because my Because of your 12-day, five-day work day. So... Day. So, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, it was 11 o'clock, and I just saw the writing on the wall. So, I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to take a day. It's days for me. Uh, what am I going to do today? I'm going to play some League of Legends. I'm going to crush some nerds. Proceed to play for six hours and just lose every single game. Just, <laughs> just loss after loss. Also have... Perhaps two of the most negative game experiences I've ever had in my life. Back to back. Back to back (laughs) with a group of, like, just the most toxic people on the planet. And literally got so angry that I was like, maybe I should just, you know, uninstall this stupid game. Because this is ridiculous and I don't need this in my life. So that's what that was my day off yesterday. Was actually losing for six hours straight. It was humbling, I guess. Right? Yeah. I was humbled. Yeah. Which this, definitely a mistake. This, but this kind of <laughs> this kind of brings me to think, and you know, I've been thinking about this a lot about the the idea of play about behave like the way people behave in a competitive setting on the internet. Because on the internet in general, just like with nothing at stake, 
people are generally terrible towards one another. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. The stakes. The stakes have never been lower. Right. Like, you, like you go into a YouTube comment, and somebody would be like, "I, I like this video." And somebody would be like, "Fuck you!" Yep. And then they'll just, they'll then suddenly, then you look, it's like, it's like there's a little button. It's like read more. Three hundred and twenty-seven replies, and it's like suddenly there's like Jesus gets involved, and then there's like references to <laughs> Hitler, and it just, it just goes nowhere fast. Uh, and this is when. All that's happened is somebody has expressed a positive opinion about a video they watched. Now when you put these same people, put controllers in their hands, and be like, now you're playing a competitive ranked match, and whoever wins gains rating, and whoever Mm -hmm. loses, loses rating, right? So something's at stake here. And... Uh, and also open up chat. Give them the ability to talk to each other throughout this entire fucking encounter. Yeah. Uh, So... So I've been thinking about how do we do this? Because we want to move into multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have a don't be a jerk policy. And those yep. seem like they're actually at They're odds. totally at odds with each other. So so we we need to come up with a system. And they're like we don't have any concrete ideas about this. But I would love to see something where basically at the end of a match, uh, for everybody in that match who isn't you know like part of a preformed group of yours or on your friends list, basically like people who are randoms. Uh, if you either randos. randos, you give them a thumbs yeah. up or a thumbs down, basically saying, I'd, I'd like to play with this person again, or I don't want to play with this person again. So the thumbs down does two things. One is you don't play with them again. You don't get matched with that person ever again. Yeah, nice. Uh, and, but also it, once they get a certain, like a certain number of thumbs up, thumbs down, like, you know, certain thresholds for statistical, uh, uh, significance purposes, then you start to apply some metrics to them, basically. Like, if they go below 50%, mm-hmm. uh, then they can no longer use uh, chat to speak to the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Or if they drop below 30%, they get permanently banned from the game forever. Because who who wants to play with that dick? Right. Who cares? Right? Like, if only one out of three people they play with is like, yeah, I'd play with that person again. Then, No. Just yeah, get out. The trick, though, get out is if it's just as simple as a thumbs-down, thumb-up system, then it also gets abused on the other side because now people will thumbs-down people who are better than them. Right. Right. Because most of the anger... Yeah, most of the anger is from a player who is doing worse than their opponent and then they, it turns them into an asshole for whatever reason. No, actually, most of the anger that, that I ever see in League of Legends is when someone on your team is performing yeah, right. That's actually where all of it comes Yeah, exactly. From. So, so, But it's a performance issue, right? Is it, It's just a player not doing that well, then they get basically harassed by somebody. Right. Else. So the question is, can you... Can you disentangle those things? Right. Well, so, yeah. Can you can you find so? For example, can you apply analysis to say like this person tends to downvote their teammates whenever they're losing? Exactly. So you'd, you'd have to basically take a. It had to be a pretty high level of analysis to yeah. Do that. And it would be very difficult. And I know. And I know that Riot has. They've been they've been wrestling with this kind of stuff forever, mm-hmm. and they have all kinds of they have psychologists on staff and. Well, so it was interesting for me because I. But they started too late. I've read they did yeah. start too late, but I, I've <laughs> I've read a bunch of their stuff because I think it's really interesting. Um, I think I can't remember the guy's name is who's the the PhD who's driving most of it, but I think it's Jeffrey Lynn Lynn um, Jeffrey or Jeremy Lynn um, J Lynn, but he has some J Lynn. He has some uh, <laughs> there's some interesting uh, articles out there, but their sort of their approach and stuff, but. The point for me was I never actually, because I generally just kind of 
not bothered by stuff. I just get very entertained when people get worked up, and so I've never had a problem with it before. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mostly found it amusing. But this well. was, yeah, this was the first time though where I genuinely like my blood was boiling. I was so infuriated. It was the first time where I was like, "I this game is dumb." Um, it had nothing to do with the game, and so I didn't actually realize what it could do because it had never actually affected me in a serious. Were they being mean to you or to other people? Uh, well, both, but it turned into a targeted attack. It was just it was a bullying, like the whole. Yeah group was ganging up on yeah but yeah because this thing is like because if you see this happening to somebody else because like if if it doesn't bother you that much you know because you're just like hey these are obviously 12 year olds you know they aren't humans yet you know they have whatever the thing is it's probably not true though they're probably the problem they're probably like in their mid-20s or 30s (laughs) statistically you know (laughs) well that but that's that's yet another group of people who are not yet humans right so in either case who is a human really uh no what uh people who aren't jerks i think this is a required part of the definition. But so in any event, though, because if you, if you can just kind of handle that and it's fine because you just see it as an amusing thing being done by very sad people, right? Which is for the most part how I see it. But then you see it happening to somebody else who doesn't handle it well, right? Who like actually takes it personally. Then all of a sudden now it's like a, you know, now it's a, now it's sad and anger inducing, right? Because right. it's people bullying somebody who is now actually being bullied instead of people spouting vitriol at someone who doesn't give a fuck, which are very different scenarios. Yeah, so, I mean, whenever I see it happening to, to a teammate of mine, I usually, I mean, I'm, I'm always, like, telling everybody to, yo, just relax, bro. It's fine. <laughs> Use the right. teleport wrong. Yeah. It's okay. No one's dead. Shut up. You're doing great. You're doing great, buddy. Just well, what I've found, though, is that the only time it bothers me is when the person is so, comp- like, when they're obviously wrong. Yeah. Right? Like, so So if I, if I'm playing, like, I guess I'm playing Rocket League, I just totally fuck up a shot. Mm-hmm. And somebody in chat is like, wow, man, you suck. And I'll be like, yeah, like that was a terrible <laughs> yeah, shot. Yeah, I fucked <laughs> right. that up. But right. if I, like I had, a, I had a match where I, there were three times, it was a 2v2 match, and there were three times where I, was, I, was, I had perfect shots lined up, slamming the ball into the goal, and my teammate just flew in sideways and swiped the ball and knocked it out from going in. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I don't care. Uh, like we're still... It's still even. We're still like one one or whatever, and then, and then at some point, uh, he's he's got he tries to make a shot but he misses, and I knock it in for him, and he calls me a retard because <laughs> I messed up his like I stole his shot right right so well, just yeah because suddenly it's not about uh, you winning as a team it's, it's about, about you getting your him getting right. the goal even though he didn't even have it well just a comical example of what I was dealing with <laughs> yesterday uh, there's this character in League who when he gets to like one HP basically becomes invincible for like six seconds or something yeah. And Invincible means he can't die he can't or take hit, damage. He can't die. Uh, <laughs> just to clarify. And so this dude comes running up to our base, and it's just me and the base. And then he's going after this building. And so I light him up and get him down to 1 HP before he gets, like, across the threshold. And then he just walks in, because he's invincible, beats this building down. Which, again, means he can't While die. he's completely invincible. <laughs> uh, and then whirlwinds and goes flying out of the base into the shadows while he's invincible. Uh, and then the comment from... You, did, you couldn't do anything. I couldn't do it. I did all I could, which was nearly kill him. Nothing. Yeah. Get him, right. Right. Get him right. to death, and then he was invincible. And then in in the group chat, my this lovely person was like, was like, what are you, what are you just standing there for when the guy's beating down the base? 
and I said he he was literally invincible. I don't know what what it is that you expect me to do in this scenario. <laughs> and he's like, you could have you, know, you could have just hit him. And I was like, you don't you don't know what invincible means. I, <laughs> it's not a thing I can do. And he's like, well, you could have tried. And I was like, for what? Tried what to do what? <laughs> and his his words were, it might have scared him. Yeah, like he's a raccoon or something. <laughs> uh, so, but really, it was because this guy wasn't a good enough player to know that that other player was actually invincible. No, he, no, he must know. There's no way at that level of play. Yeah, I mean, Sam's in like these high ranked matches. He so. knows. Like, was, and that's why I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, I don't. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, what you're saying in the range. But anyway, yeah, I mean, if we, if we, <laughs> when we hit a point where we're doing multiplayer games, oh man, I'm not looking forward that. to that. But we're gonna, we're gonna really. Do no, as gonna, much. We're gonna crush assholes so hard. <laughs> Just, uh, be sure to quote that in context. <laughs> or out of context, dude. However you do, like. whatever you want with that. Butterscotch uh, shenanigans. Crush, crush, an crush assholes. assholes so hard. So hard. To put it on. Uh, okay. Well, so let's uh, let's, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Cover this up. All right. So the next next question <laughs> kind of flew off the rails on that one, but uh, next question from Spectral Hunt. There's an underscore in there, but mm-hmm. uh, spectral underscore hunt. You guys have mentioned doubling your money in half on multiple occasions. That's true. Also known as just cutting your money in half. My question is, how do you guys continue to operate if only one of you is getting paid? Mm. Well, let me hit the first part of that, which is that it's way more interesting to talk, talk for us to talk about the times when we when we've cut our money supply in half than it is for us to talk about the times where we've launched games and it's gone well. Right. Yeah, nobody likes a braggart. So <laughs> you're naturally going to hear more stories about how we just generally fuck up yeah, than the, how we have success. The more important lesson is that we we succeeded a little bit better than we fucked up. Right, in general. Yeah, um, on, on, average, on average. On average. So to the second question, uh, the question of operation when basically I'm the only one getting paid. That comes down to how we've set up essentially our lives and our support systems to support this insane endeavor in such a high risk space which is that uh each of us except for me which was the reason i was getting paid um had a support system in the background such as a wife savings savings, savings plus wife, wife. plus savings <laughs> to, right. that, well, and, and, but more runway. importantly a super supportive spouse yeah right. i mean yeah before we before we started this we we all had very serious conversations with the people in our lives basically said we're gonna try to do this thing and it could take five years before right. anything comes of it you but know we're pretty sure to work we're pretty eventually. sure we can do it and they <laughs> right. were like it'll just take a while yeah, and they were like yeah we think you can do it uh and we you know and they had our backs and and that that was it so and we saved uh when before seth and i had left that previous company we put basically our entire anything that wasn't spent on rent and food for me went into the bank account and then yeah we saved we scrimped is that the word scrounged 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 (laughs) we slurbed and saved as much as we could so we had we had prepared that and then the other thing is that we live in st louis and adam lives in in uh dallas so it's like the cost for us of being alive we don't have we don't live on the coast we don't live on the coast, and so rent. I mean, I'm renting a one-bedroom apartment with my 
uh, fiance for six seventy five here. Has a garage. A month. There's laundry in the basement. It's like a nice. I mean, it's not like a nice place, but it's, it's nice enough. Nice, actually. It's nice enough. It's yeah. nice enough. Um, and it like you know, if this this place in San Francisco would probably border on like three thousand a month or something, something like that. So, uh, so you're looking at like an eighty percent discount. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like when that you're when you're living situation. off of savings. Then yeah, that's oh, this actually reminds me. I saw there, there was an article uh, about the top tech cities hmm. in the United States. Saint Louis got it. What did what did that mean in that? So they they just ran a bunch of statistical analysis on things like uh de- like demand for tech jobs mm-hmm. versus like how many tech workers there are. So looking at sort of like the gap there. Um, like how many, co- basically like how many companies are hiring tech workers and programmers, database, you know, whatever. Um, and then things like cost of living, general average salary for all these positions, etc. No coastal cities made it onto the list. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> St. Louis was number 10. Des Moines awesome. was number seven. Oh, no way. What? Number really? one, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, they're crushing it. <laughs> was Kansas City on there too? I think so, yeah. 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 Well, so I guess cost of living versus income potential must have been a really big factor in that. Huge, yeah. It must be. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, just think about it. Like, if you make, the, if you make 150, 200K on the coast versus 100K in the Midwest, you have so much more money left over in the yeah. Midwest. So I remember, I remember yeah. when I graduated, they had, they were passing around this sheet that basically showed, because, you know, when, when we were going through graduation, everyone's negotiating their salaries and stuff. And some of the business school, uh, professors were passing around this sort of like cost of living sheet for where you're going to know what it means to earn a certain amount of money in a certain place. Yeah. And the equivalency was 50 K in St. Louis was equivalent to 110 in New York city. Yep. <laughs> um, so they're like, you know, Man. if you're going to this place, just know, and you better start like fighting with them to give you cash. If that's, if that's where you're going. So I think, well, yeah, and then moving costs are a lot more. Yeah. And- I mean, there, there are some places where there's like a straight up, like five to one, ratio so so just to go back to the question so money a dollar is not a dollar yeah it depends on where you are so to go back to the question uh we continue to operate by being so lean that it's ridiculous we have we have very little in terms of operational costs uh i mean i think the very low body fat too nearly also (laughs) skinny people very Uh, lean operation we have nearly free speech which is the the thing we use for the databasing i think it's what like 13 bucks a month that's been costing us or something yeah, so, yeah. So far, our server costs, yeah, have been somewhere around thirteen dollars a month. So I'll just go to manage up, all of Beescotch ID. I'll just go pick up a part-time job, work an hour and a half, and then you know that'll be done. If we ever need more cash, or one hour if you get a decent one. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we do stuff very lean, and then you take that lean aspect uh, along with savings from previous job plus supportive spouse, and you have a you have a pretty good recipe for like we never lose money. I guess is the that's probably the biggest point, actually. Oh, also, we don't do loans. Yes. As in, so yeah. like, so this is a big point: is that uh, a lot of people will start up a company and then think, "I need funding." You know, I need to go get get loans, get venture capital, get whatever. That money. I mean, we're totally independent, which means we don't have to stress about that stuff, and also we can never go bankrupt. Right. And nobody gets to make a demand from us. Yeah. So we get to make all of our own decisions and we can just adapt on the fly and everything is yeah. is very much in our hands. So I think that's that that the fact about doubling our money in half doesn't mean that we uh we lost all that money. It usually just means we didn't gain we gained 
half of what we should have been gaining during that time. I guess is <laughs> yeah. actually the way to think about yeah. it. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, so the consequence of this is that, you know, at worst, we have pushed back the date at which we we get the company to the point where we want it to be, which is where we all get to get paid reasonably, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but actually, probably not, because for the most part in the games industry, which is hit-driven, um, just you just over enough time, either accumulate enough games that are all doing okay that you then reach that point, or more likely, if I guess maybe not more likely, but <laughs> what the uh, the other scenario is that one out of every ten of your games is a real hit, and that's the point where you actually make enough money to, to like really live off of, and that's independent of your previous you know financial screw ups like cutting your revenue in half and that sort of thing. So, so there's yeah. your answer. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's hit. Uh, we, we, we have time for one. Yeah. One more. Uh, okay, so Nia asks, Windows versus Mac. Actually, can we do two more? Do we have time? Can do however we do want, we? man. Yeah, let's sure, do let's it. Do okay. Two more. All right, so uh, Nia asks, Windows versus Mac. Discuss. Not, uh, a, not a question. No, I'm gonna point so here's my little question mark at the end <laughs> my of this. bias is towards Windows simply because of the fact that I scarcely if ever use a Mac and that as a person who plays a lot of games it's harder to play games on Macs and it's harder also, to get games on a Mac yeah yeah. and also they the design of them still bothers me for whatever reason so <laughs> yeah just the overall I user interface I think the truth of the matter is there's no there's not really much of a versus here like it really come, I know people get very fired up about it but it's like it really comes down to preference um, well what it really is is the same I think Seth said this a little a while ago in, in referencing, uh, what is it, Jimmy Kimmel, I want to say, uh, who, you know, he has his late night show. He's been being mean to gamers recently, oh, I guess yeah. YouTubers in particular. Yeah, if you guys want to watch and, something that's kind uh, of cringeworthy, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel and Markiplier, and I cannot remember what the what the girl's name is, but... Um, another YouTuber. Another YouTuber. They sit down on the couch to show Jimmy Kimmel what a Let's Play video is, because he makes some sort of disparaging remarks about the concept of let's play. Yeah, he was basically like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It is dumb that people enjoy watching other people play games. And so, of course, people in the comments section of this video uh, basically firebombed Jimmy Kimmel. And he realized that he needed to you know, address this, or I guess maybe the the studio heads did. But the way... Well, no, no, that's no, because what he did is he doubled down because that's how you get ratings <laughs> right? it's make a controversy bigger yeah, yeah. well exactly and that's what it's the, to me it's the same thing with windows versus mac and I, I think seth summed it up nicely by just you know paraphrasing jimmy kimmel as saying you know that thing that you love i hate it and therefore it's terrible right, right? yeah and for me the windows versus mac discussion is exactly the same uh there are legitimate reasons on either side really across the board they're both fucking terrible and the reason is because <laughs> <laughs> because Windows gets gets its hooks into you and you're basically an infinite. An infant, right? An infinite, it runs, infinite, an infinite, infinite. It runs everything in the business world. Right. And so you have no choice but to become exposed to it. And in most cases, you're literally required to use it in like in jobs and school and everything else. And, you know, in school, they give you a cheap version of it or free even to get their claws into you so that you learn how to use it. And then when you go look at a Mac, you're like, I don't know how to use this. I hate it. Switching costs. <laughs> right. And yeah. then Mac is like the thing that you go to if you're cool or trying to avoid Windows or whatever. But the the cost of it is really ridiculous for what it is. Yeah, and, yeah. And, for, and for so Mac, it's a well-made you product. Pay for, all, you pay for in like an un, mostly, I should say, unmodifiable uh, brand. 
right? Because like when you buy a with like a lot of Macs are like laptop or whatever, but they're they're pretty locked down. Yeah. You know, like if you if if you try to like change the battery on an iPhone, like no, it's just not gonna. You can't even do. It. You well, but that's also it true in. of Android phones and everything else. But but I mean the the bigger issue is just for like if you the reason I like Windows is because I need Windows to 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 actually do stuff that I want to do. So I don't really like Windows. It just makes the most sense to use it. And then it has the extra advantage that there you're just buying the software and you can get the most bang for your buck by building, you know, a massively powerful machine that that software lives on at a reasonable cost, which you can't do with a Mac because Mac, those things come together. Um, so for me, that's the big issue there is that they're both they're both corporate entities that are, you know, at heart evil because they're publicly traded. That's just how. <laughs> that's just how. It well, they're works, they're right? not they're not evil. They're not good or evil. They just are. They exist to create profit, right? Which so in just my opinion is an evil purpose for existence. It's but, just but yeah. yeah. It's just the way. It's what they do. All right, so, Bernie Sanders, relax. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, personally, I would. I mean, I would prefer if we could all just use Linux. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome, but but nothing runs on it. It's, it's, it's not feasible. So um, okay, let's move on to the final question of the twentieth Butterscotch Podcast. Oh yeah, episode twenty, guys. We made it. Pause for applause. <laughs> applause. Okay. Uh, Alan M. B. Alan B. Or this name is just straight up Alan B. Alan B. Alan B. Asks, so considering that most of your games were made with what? 12, within what? 12 ish hours? Does the fact that Crashlands is almost two years in the making mean that it'll approximately be 20 billion, give or take a couple times, better and more involved and awesomer? Uh, yes. I think that math checks out, so let's not even worry about that. Yeah, but there's a, there's an important concept to understand here, which is that of diminishing returns. In other words, Crashlands will be like we spent thirteen hours. on Crashlands will be about <laughs> twice as good. Well, but, but we should we should take a step back though and say none of our published games were were completed in twelve hours. So, well, a couple of them, but then we unpublished no. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we unpu- we unpublished yeah. them and then spent a few more weeks, which is still not a lot of time, right? But spent a few more weeks making them good and then republish. Yeah, I mean, Roid Rampage and Flop Rocket are the shortest ones. Roid Rampage probably clocks in at like... Probably about two days. Yeah, two days. Of total uh, time. Flop Rocket was probably about two weeks. Uh, most of that was not spent on the game. It was on B-Scott It was on B-Scott JD. Because was a first no, B-Scott JD took longer than that, though. But it Yeah, was... the, the game side of Flop Rocket was probably about a week, week and a half. Yeah. yeah. Towel Fight was ten weeks and Quadrupose was ten weeks. Yeah, so... The diminishing returns aspect, though, it's not. It's not even just that. It's that with uh, with those games, they were made in their entirety within that first. In terms of like the whole scope of the game and all that kind of stuff, within a few hours, right? Right. And then the rest was fleshing it out and making it feel good and playable and that kind of thing. But Crashlands spent what six months, mm-hmm. uh, where. I mean, it it didn't exist as an entire game until really recently, actually. Yeah, but but even like six ago. months into it, it was just changing all the time. It was never. I mean, you could you could even say actually that Crashlands as as it is now took way less than two years to develop because most of that time was figuring out was what trying the hell it was. stuff and <laughs> yeah, figuring out what it was. Yeah, it was more of an ambling approach. Well, and, and it's and it actually yeah. it's in large part I would say because all of our previous games came from game jam concepts. Yeah. Yeah. And in a game jam, 
you know what the game is. You only have well, yeah, because you have to make a complete yeah, play. You have game. to make something playable in in two days. So so the first thing you do in a game jam is is be like, what uh, what would be a fun mechanic to build this game around, and then you just go from there. With Crashlands, we didn't have any concept of a mechanic to build the game around. Instead, it was like we want to build a world, a world <laughs> right. in a world. So yeah. so we did that, and then we were like, oh shit, it's not fun to just like be in a world <laughs> because you get to do that all day, every day, all the time. Uh, is just to be. So mm-hmm. then we had to start giving yeah. you things to do, and those things to do uh, weren't that interesting at first, and we had to keep sort of nudging them and poking them until finally they became game mechanics. So we came at it backwards. I mean, any of those game mechanics, though, um, which then you know Seth built into the thing, each one of those, each one of those things that are effectively the scope of one of our previous games, right? Because our previous games all basically are one mechanic. Right, yeah. So Crashlands has a whole bunch of them. Each one of so basically each one is like its own thing. Each one of those, Seth probably spent roughly a day or two, actually building it in the first place. Yeah, I mean it's it's as if we it's as if we made like thirty games. Yeah, and just yeah, because then the rest though most of the time in Crashlands has been has been filling out content. Yep. And yeah, it hasn't been because the other games it's purely about the mechanic and then adding just enough content that the mechanic is is satisfying and fun. Uh, but Crashlands is about the content, and the mechanic is a way to experience the content, not so much the other way around, which is like like the other. Well, there's there's another. There's my a, opinion. Sam and I were talking about this the other day. There's another. There's an interesting problem with uh, with having a game that's as open as as Crashlands is that has an inventory system and all this stuff. Which is so in Quadrupus, if we were to turn around and say, what if we had like a uh, like a vehicles? Mm-hmm. The obvious right. answer is no. Like. It doesn't. <laughs> right. There's no way that that. Where would are you gonna fit. hold them? Yeah. Where are you gonna? What do you? How do you get them? What are they for? Like whatever. But in Crashlands, if you said, "What about vehicles?" You'd be like, "Yeah, we, that, we, we probably fit that we in. We could do that because uh, <laughs> right. you need to go places. So that's obviously what a vehicle is for. And you also need to hit stuff, kill things, or like, what if you could run creatures? Like suddenly, any idea becomes feasible because right. the game isn't built around a single mechanic. And so that's also, you know, partially why it's taken so long to build the thing because uh, anything can happen in it, and then we have to have that conversation of we, yeah. whether it makes sense. We sent a note to Eli Hodap of uh, Touch Arcade a while back, and just kind of updating him on timeline stuff. And then, like, we were super excited about the time. I don't remember what the system was. No, no, it was about the creator. We talked uh, about, it was, yeah, it was about the creator, yeah. and uh, and you know, super pumped about it. like, oh yeah, Eli, we build this thing. It's this crazy modding tool and he was like man you guys should just rename this game feature creep feature creep the game yeah <laughs> which which is what it is but that's and i think probably in the future we're going to move away from such an open yeah we'll game go, concept hey, at least for a for a good while we'll be back yeah, on the yeah. mechanical and, and because so i mean on to the diminishing returns thing i mean what, what this basically comes down to is the bigger a game gets uh, a, the harder it is to add new stuff because everything you add needs to jive with all the existing code and mechanics. And so the more stuff you have, the more things there are to think about and double check and test whenever you slap a new thing on there. And then B, uh, when you have 900 things in a game, Crashlands it has over 900 things in it, um, 
one more doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and you can experience this firsthand with Terraria, right? Because in Terraria, the way that the crafting tree works is, for the most, they, they do have a, they have a ton of unique items as well. But for the most part, what you do is progress through different, you know, tiers of minerals basically, and each one has its own set of, of of furniture. It has its own weapons. It's the same kind of three weapons, right, and so on. So like everything has the same set of stuff. But then this happens for like I don't even know how many goddamn tiers of content they have in that <laughs> game. It's like. Well, so like 20, Sam and I both have played that game for, you know, well over 100 hours, right? Yeah, so the first chair you see, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to cover yeah. my house in chairs. I'm going to move some chairs. And then you get, yeah. then you get chair, in, indistinct, uh, recolored chair number 37. Right. Right. You're like, oh. And, and for them, you know, and, and so for that game, like, they release, you know, these big content patches where they add, they add literally, you know, 500 or 1,000 new things in these big content patches. But it's just a thousand more of exactly what was already there, and there were already a hundred thousand yeah. things. So the there. first, <laughs> so the first like, thousand, it's like, damn, this is some, right. some nice stuff in here. Well, the things people always are going to get most excited about is the things that essentially add a new mechanical level to the game, right? Which uh, you can only do. I mean, that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, and you so. can actually only do that so many times with a given with a given game concept. And I think the interesting thing with Crashlands is that the concept is so open that. But there's still, even with where we're at, where we're calling this good, there's still plenty of like other crazy shit that we've dreamt up that could go into this thing. I mean, we we yeah. just added a new game system. Yeah, last we did. week. The buff <laughs> system, the elixir and buff system is a totally new thing. Yeah. So uh, there's there's so much room for things, but the truth of the matter is, uh, or I guess the the question really comes down to, would this would this mechanic be better explored elsewhere? In its own, in its own game, its own game and with a game, once you hit a, a game the size of of what we're talking about here with Crashlands, I think our answer is, yeah, let's do it somewhere else. Yeah, and I, and I think another problem with this big open open world concept too is that there was actually, I mean, even when we had five hundred things in the game, it still felt empty. Yeah, because of the fact that there's like when it's you so have big. a yeah when you have a whole world that's that's infinite. And you only you only have five hundred unique right. things in it. You're just like, what? What the hell? You know? We just we crossed <laughs> right. the five hundred recipe line. Yeah. Now week. you now there's five hundred craftable things. Right. Five hundred craftable things. Which now that game. feels good. Um, the total number of of quests in just the savannah, I think, is around a hundred now, mm-hmm. um, if not more. I can't remember exactly. But oh, wait, but how many? I guess we should clarify though, because quests to us are like the atomic particle of a right. So quest as, as far as like story chains go, I mean I don't know, but to be story chains, I think there's like a good like thirty probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's there's enough that it feels like the world is sort of lively and, and cool and all that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I spent the past my past uh, what like twelve or fifteen hours of work editing it and reading through it. And it took that many hours just to read through all of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? So there's plenty. That's, that's not including uh, actually having to do the quests. Yeah, that was not around. in the game. This right? is just right. like that literally was... just going through the text and the stuff. Yeah, that was in the editor, not in the game. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I started to do it in the game, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to take a long time. Yeah. So I was like, well, just I'll save that for a playthrough. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I'm going to, yeah. So there, so there you go, Ellen. So it should be... It won't be twenty billion. It's not a linear relationship, I guess is is the answer. But it will be immensely more awesome and definitely at least twenty billion times more huge than anything yeah. else we've made. But it's also going to be very different. Mm-hmm. We've never yeah, made it's anything totally like this. Thing. So 
We're very excited uh, for the beta. Yeah. So, all right, you guys. Well, we are totally over time. Uh, we gave you some bonus minutes for episode 20. So mm-hmm. enjoy those. Take them. Savor them. Put them in your pocket. Whatever you do with those minutes. Uh, and we will see you again next week. And if you want to submit more questions, just go to uh, podcast.bscotch.net. And remember, you can find us on SoundCloud and on Stitcher and in iTunes. That's right. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Peace.